Welcome to Whitetail 46. Brought to you by Monster Meal Wildlife Feed and Attractants. Animal attraction, premium nutrition, superior results. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Whitetail 46. This is the second part interview that we did with an interview session with Ben and Bruno Stern. Bruno Stern is Ben Stern's father, and he is the caretaker of the Melrose Monster. If you want a podcast about legendary local bucks and the one buck that every hunting camp has, this is the perfect one to listen to. Thanks for tuning in to Whitetail 46, brought to you by Monster Meal Wildlife Feed and Attractants. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Whitetail 46 with Blake Davis from Monster Meal and Bruno Stern. Uh, Bruno Stern is the caretaker, if you will, of the Melrose Monster. Uh, Whitetail 46 is, if you follow this at all, you know this is the stories of American <coughs> deer hunting and American deer hunters. Um, one of the things that is probably present in every deer camp in America, no matter what type of structure you have is two legendary people and uh, legendary bucks, the Melrose Monster and Bruno Stern. Bruno uh, is from Melrose, Wisconsin, iconic destination in the history of whitetail deer hunting. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, is either number one or two in total number of hunters that go afield every year. Uh, they have a long-standing tradition unlike a lot of the big Midwestern states of probably three or four generations of deer hunters now. So um, Bruno Stern is the father of Ben Stern from Tacticam. That's how we met. Uh, if you follow our Facebook page at all, Bruno has shown up in a couple cameo appearances about the Melrose Monster. Um, and that cued me to really kind of want to talk to Bruno uh, because of that iconic buck kind of status where everybody has the buck that no one's killed in 27 years he's even bigger this year um, and he's the story and the motivation for every deer camp in america so we we just kind of want to address that topic and how it works with uh, american deer hunters and deer hunting so without further ado welcome bruno stern uh, if you could tell us how and when the melrose monster story started well, I, I guess it started when, when I moved to Melrose after I got married, and we just I started hunting down in the Mill Pond bottoms, and we've we've seen nice deer and nice bucks down there, and just we've always been after this big one, and we just never found him. We we see we see him, but we were, we we just never got a crack at him. So, so how many years ago did you move to Melrose? Well, I moved. I got married in. Uh, 74 so I got I moved to Melrose in 74 so 46 years because yeah. I was born in 70 and I'm 50 yeah. so Bruno's a little older than I am but Bruno and I share uh, kind of a generational similarity in that the way that deer hunting when I was a young boy I did not grow up in a hunting family as, as you've probably heard a lot on this podcast but hunting was what hunting was in the 50s 60s 70s 80s and I kind of grew up in that and hunting is very different today and in some ways we lose some of the traditions of deer camp and just the experience of going deer hunting. Um, I grew up in the town where Remington Arms was present. My father worked there, my grandfather worked there, a lot of my aunts and uncles worked there. Uh, they were, it, it was a hunting community and 
deer hunting is a very social event. It's it's not just this clinical, you know, murder that half the bunny huggers will try to convince you it is. It's I know a lot of guys that just go hunting just because they like to go to deer camp. Um, and deer camp culturally spawns a lot of different things. So when I heard about the Melrose monster, we I immediately called Brian Smith and said, hey, we need to get out there and talk to Bruno. So, um, you know, Bruno, tell us about hunting. You know, you talk about the mill pond bottoms, and everybody has those spots. They use the same vernacular to describe those spots. It's a geographic location that you everybody identifies the same way regionally. Um, talk to us about when you started deer hunting. What was deer hunting like in Wisconsin in 1974? Well, back in the, when I first, I actually started hunting when I was 12 years old, but back in them days, you could, you could walk the, from ridge to ridge and, and drive all ridges and everything else. But now, of course, the way it's gotten in the past, everybody buys up land and, well, you walk on their land and you get, you know, you, you get kicked off. So you got to be so careful where you go. So that's why everybody's got their little, little 40s or 80s to hunt on and, down in Mill Pond Bombs is kind of the part of it's on the edge of the town, and so it's more open. And and of course, you just take your sections and and hope hope one comes through. So you got to bait them or whatever you can do to try to get them to come in. It's a uh, now Wisconsin's a unique state in that it goes on a county by county basis whether you can feed and bait deer. Yeah. Uh, you happen to live in one of the counties that you can feed and bait deer. Uh, you really, if you don't follow us on Facebook, it's it's going to get really fun and interesting here because life can't always be serious. And we did some skits for the Melrose Monster around Monster Meal reveal uh, cams from from Tactic Cam and uh, incorporated Bruno just because you know he he's Ben's dad. He's a good friend of ours here at Monster Meal. He feeds Monster Meal, um, and he's in one of the baiting states. So. It, but it's a pretty new thing for you to be feeding, you know, baiting deer, like, officially to try oh. to accomplish something, correct? Yeah, it is. And, and, and I always I always kind of made the joke of, I, who knows if I'm feeding deer or squirrels? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, we, you know, and you brought up a good point in that as land gets sectioned up <clears throat> and sold off and, and people move yeah. away and there's yeah. no more generational attachment to the land, it really changes how things get used. In yeah. my generation, what we saw was kids grew up, moved off the farm, and the only thing that dad had to give them to bring them back was at Thanksgiving, everybody would come home to deer sure. hunt. Yeah. So it went from, hey, can we drive your back pasture tomorrow to, no, the boys are coming home for the holiday, and we'd appreciate it if you'd stay off the property. And that was a big change because I always joke uh, with everybody, when I was a kid, no one bought land uh, to hunt on because for yeah. two bottles of whiskey you could hunt half the county and and there's a lot of truth to that um you know so back to the iconic melrose monster you know what does the melrose monster mean to you is 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 it a fun thing is it is it just that one piece of motivation that everybody likes to talk about in a joking way or in a serious way or well um, it's like i've i've shot a lot of several nice bucks and so it's not it doesn't mean the end of the world to me if i don't get a buck anymore i might as well try to get a nice one it doesn't i don't have any fun out of shooting a four pointer or six pointer i i might as well go after the, a big one that nobody else has ever got a chance to shoot so and i know 
I know he's down in there, so I just been kind of laying low and trying to figure out a way to get him. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's a Bruno. I'm in his garage right now, and it's pretty interesting. As I turn around, I see uh, iconic deer hunting. I mean, I asked you about one of the plaques that you have up on the yeah. wall. It's literally a bicycle horn on a plaque, and that you know when you look at the the metaphor there, it's horns on a plaque. And I asked him about it, and Bruno told me, well, you know, there's some years that we didn't kill bucks. So we would, if we didn't kill bucks, we would, for Christmas, make a plaque and give it to the person yeah. at the holidays. And much simpler times than, um, you know, a full taxidermy body mount of <laughs> your, your first buck, like, you know, kind of happens today. Um, and along the lines of those simpler times, you know, where I hunted, we had a bear we called Waldo. And there was lots of bears where we hunted in the Adirondack Park. Um, and most bears were Waldo if you didn't kill them. And if you did kill them, it wasn't quite as big as Waldo. Yeah. Um, but we did have some <laughs> tremendous bears. Now, is, is the Melrose monster a, a mythical creature or an actual cre creature? Well, he's, uh, you know, we've gotten some nice, I've seen nice bucks come out of the mill pond and, and, it's they're there so i mean i i just feel that the big one the the melrose monster is the one that has to be taken yet i think all the grandkids and and things like that are are just baiting us <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and that's the one thing that i really wanted to do is is the history of deer hunting is so unique and it's it's pretty rich because when you get back to the basal elements of it you know, Ben's your son. You hunt together every yep. year. Yep. You look forward to, I had the privilege of going over to your other property, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, you, I mean, you have a, a double spillway pond, food plots out in the back of it. You invest a lot of time, um, and Ben said it best, where, you know, he gets questioned why he doesn't hunt in a lot of different locations. And Ben's busy with his, he's building a new, a relatively new business. Um, they're diversifying that business. And he's, you know, he, he's not a multimillionaire by any means. Uh, he's got kids and a wife and he needs time to spend. And one thing that, that deer hunting uh, with your own property means is guaranteed time together doing something. Um, and Along the lines of the Melrose Monster, we also have Tactashack One, right? So yep. I got to sit in Tactashack One today, and uh, tell us a little bit about how Tactashack One kind of came to be. Well, we just, you know, older you get, the warmer you want to be when you're out hunting, and so we decided to. For years, we just we sat in trees and everything else, and hunted out of trees and ground blinds and everything else, and I thought. Why can't you just make a little, little cabin and like I actually put it on a hay rack and pulled it out there and pretty soon you got to insulate it and then you got to put windows in it and everything else and it just it makes it a lot more easier. I got two chairs in it, one for one for hunting and one for sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I actually sat in the captain's chair in the ta in Tactashack one today, and uh, around me there are antlers. Up oh on yeah, the wall. we had to bring a few out there. And uh, I bet you that there's a story behind every one of those, and they, <laughs> the ones that are out there, uh, went out there for a reason. Oh yeah. And yeah. Um, now, I, I, I would doubt that an animal at the 
the uh, prestige of the Melrose Monster will reside in his permanent place in Tactashack 1. Because uh, from what I hear, he's so big he won't fit in there anyway. Well, he's going to have to go above my TV out in the living room, I'm sure of that, if yeah. I ever do get him. So. But I'm working at it. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the one thing that you, you know, in your yearly quest for the Melrose Monster, what's the one thing that, that kind of you look forward to the most? Well, I just enjoy being out in the woods and being being around the people and, you know, and just being out there and, and you know, I work all the time and you get out, you get out there and you're, you, you get to sit and think for yourself and not have to, not have to have somebody to worry about or anything else. You just do your own thing. It's a, you know? we all have areas that we can go that allow us to let all the other entrapments of life go. Yeah. Right. And deer hunting for me a lot is it's therapy, yeah. and um, it's the only time I get away from. I'll leave my cell phone in the truck and I'll I'll shut my computer off. And um, I'm fortunate that my wife lets me just do that when I need to do that. Um, she knows I get a little ugly, and uh, you know, <laughs> wives are pretty important in deer camp too. Um, you know, how does how does your wife play into the whole deer camp? Oh, she's pretty structure. Good, it seems like when you the night she nine days of deer hunting she's really good she like I, for ever since I started ever since I got married first day of deer hunting she makes me she's always makes a big thing of chocolate chip cookies and so I can take out of my deer stand and she's good about letting me after hunting season or have, after I'm done at night and go down and have a beer or two just shoot the breeze with the guys and. She don't. She leaves me alone pretty good for nine days. So, it's good. Well, well, I should say seven days. By the seventh day, she she's starting to put the itch on me a little bit. Uh, she kn she knows the ends near. I, yeah. I, I met your wife. She's a beautiful lady. Um, we uh, young men choose wisely when you choose a wife. If you really like to hunt, make sure that they really understand what your passion is because it makes all the difference in the world. Um, like I said, my wife tolerates me in the woods an awful lot, and my job takes me into the hunting field occasionally, uh, but I'm always working around hunting, and that can be a little bit cumbersome for some people. Um, but we all, I think, in the end, need to have that Melrose monster as a motivation oh, yeah. for us. So uh, for me, there's always been a buck that's been a mythical buck, and we know where the big ones are, but as my friend says, there's always one with one more inch yeah. or one more pound. And uh, so we, you know, the local bragging rights of the Melrose monsters of the, the entire United States are important in the culture and the heritage of uh, whitetail deer hunting. Bruno, we're going to showcase Bruno a, a lot more um, on, on monstermail.com uh, because Bruno, Bruno is just a really fun guy to be around. Uh, he's a regular guy that a lot of people can relate to, and he has a great way of presenting the, the Melrose Monster. So if everybody out there wants to feed or not feed or bait or not bait, bow hunt, rifle hunt, whatever, uh, we all have that one Melrose Monster. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, check out the website, monster-meal.com, and see all the escapades of Bruno Stern and the Melrose Monster and Monster Meals it develops. Have a great day. Bye. To get the full Whitetail 46 experience with videos, blogs, and more, 
go to whitetail46.com. Follow our podcast by subscribing to Sportsman's Nation on your favorite app store.